good for pregos and completely safe for driving, flying, or teleportation. It's pretty much good whenever, wherever, and maybe even on the moon. Welcome to another episode of the Brent, Bill, and Beer Podcast, the podcast for the folks out there who are sober and love beer. I'm Brent. And I'm Bill. Bill, it's it's been a while. It's been a hot second. Yeah, I have not been good with editing, so <laughs> uh, I have been behind a bit, but uh, we are back. Uh, if everything goes according to plan, this will be the second episode of like a double feature release yeah. uh, this week, so if you're binging... The Brent Bill and Beer podcast. Welcome to the second episode you've been listening to today. What we decided to do, it is currently January 21st of 2023, which means it's 21 days into dry January for some folks, which includes me. Not me. But... Not Bill. It's uh, <laughs> it's a bit difficult when uh, you're in the, the craft bar business. Yeah, to take a sober month. Yeah, you gotta, you, you have to like, maintain your your knowledge of the beers that are on tap right. and unfortunately most of those have alcohol actually all yeah. of them i think yes least. yeah so <laughs> but we thought we would take this opportunity to go and actually sample you know what is the current state of non-alcoholic beer in 2023 so uh i pulled up yeah it's gonna get wild yeah it's gonna <laughs> get wild this is um we're gonna get drunk <laughs> this is sort of uh our penance for episode nine, I believe, where we got yeah. very drunk. Um, <laughs> got to so, balance it out. Yeah, so we're canceling it out, taking a break. But, yeah, we have, I believe, five offerings mm-hmm. today uh, that Bill got from uh, the apothecary. Yeah. We're going to try those out. I'm going to talk a bit about the uh, non-alcoholic beer industry or the, the whole market right now, which I found some really interesting stuff. I think this will be an interesting... <laughs> Uh, episode so certainly will be different yeah so to start off uh bill brought our our drinks for today so what's the first one that we're drinking so brew dog brews a ton of non-alcoholic beers Mm -hmm. this one is the nanny state which is a hoppy golden ale this is my first non-alcoholic beer ever this is yeah he said that earlier and i was just completely shook by that of Never, but it makes sense if you've never done dry January. Right, I mean, what reason have I had to drink beer that didn't have alcohol in it? Yeah, so your first impression of your first non-alcoholic offering. It's weird, Uh, this one in particular, but it tastes like beer-flavored water to me. Beer-flavored water. (laughs) I guess that is technically what non-alcoholic beer tends to be. Uh, Yeah, so what I will say is interesting about BrewDog, I tried it a week ago, is that BrewDog... Compared to other breweries, from my experience, other breweries go and they make like their own non-alcoholic beer, right? right? And what I think is really cool about BrewDog is they one they did a sampler pack, yeah. They're like so four they have, different. They have lots of offerings of non-alcoholic beers, not just hey, we recognize people do this, so like here's a non-alcoholic beer. Uh, what's very neat is one the sampler pack, but two is that all of the ones in the sampler pack, at least I believe, are just non-alcoholic versions of some of their flagship beers. Yeah, like they, yeah, so like Elvis Juice, they had Elvis AF. Yeah. 
They had Punk AF. They had Hazy AF. Yeah. So what I really at least appreciate is it's for people who, yeah, mm-hmm. I would normally drink BrewDog or something like right. that. And I would like a non-alcoholic version that tastes pretty close to it. That's just something about BrewDog when it comes to their non-alcoholic mm-hmm. offerings that I really appreciate. Right. I mean, it's a cool market in general because, I mean, yes, we like dry January or whatever, but also people that say have had issues with alcohol mm-hmm. where, I mean, like say the Hazy Jane was mm-hmm. their favorite IPA that they've had. They could mm-hmm. go get the Hazy AF right. and still enjoy that without the issue of drinking. Right. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Well, and I guess we can talk about it more when we get to uh, the market and whatnot, but it's it'll be interesting just the different people that are able to, you know, try this instead. Okay, so not to a hot start. Apparently, so I'm also, when it comes to all the BrewDog offerings, uh, this is one of my least favorite. Actually, I think, it, I think it was my least favorite out of the four. Okay. The other ones were much more like juicy and all that, like hazy IPA type of thing. Whereas this, I think, is a golden ale. Yeah. Yeah. However, I do think it's a lot. Uh, Bill went and uh, mm-hmm. checked my untapped history. <laughs> Apparently, I gave it a 1.75. A 1.75, which normally is the type of rating where I would just never drink it again. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously. And here we are. <laughs> yes, it's, it's definitely better uh, this time around. Where I'll start is I did some research. The current non alcoholic beer market projection. In 2021, it was about $16.6 billion. It was the size of the market, and it's projected to grow to $23 billion by 2025, which is... That's immense. It's actually pretty... It's pretty close to the growth rate of just the general beer industry, right. which is crazy for a non-alcoholic, in my opinion, for non-alcoholic beer. Specifically, you're seeing, you know, from the last... I, I did Dry January maybe... Three years ago, I think mm-hmm. it was 2019 might have been the last time that I did it, maybe 2020. And I will say that the number of offerings is insane. Yeah. Uh, when I last did Dry January, you know, Hoppy Refresher had just come out, which mm-hmm. we do have a bottle of that. And that was the first one where I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I actually enjoy this and like Dry January could be easy because yeah. of this. Um, now there's just, like I said, BrewDog has four in, in a sampler pack, but they actually have more than yeah, four. Yeah, they have a lot more now. And it's what's even wilder about that is you can just order it from them and they'll ship it to you. And it's entirely legal mm-hmm. because it's non-alcoholic. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. So, I mean, where typically you can't just have beer shipped to you unless you have someone that's over the age of mm-hmm. 21 to sign for it. Right. The postal services could just leave it on your porch. Hmm. As the chemical engineer, I felt like the first thing that I have to do is just, how do you make a non-alcoholic beer? Like, what is the difference between, other than the obvious, that there's just no alcohol in it, like, what are the differences between the, I guess, the brewing process of a regular beer, like, Mm -hmm. let's say, Elvis juice, versus Elvis AF? Right. Um, So, there's four methods, apparently, for how you produce a non-alcoholic beer. Uh, the first one, which is the uh, most common method. So I was actually wrong uh, with my assumption. I always assumed that the most common was just to remove the alcohol mm-hmm. after that. Apparently, the way that most non-alcoholic beers are produced nowadays are through controlled fermentation. So it's basically go through the whole brewing process, but what they do is they make sure that the wort uh, doesn't go above 60 Fahrenheit. Okay. 
And by doing that, basically the yeast never gets to a temperature where it would produce. Or um, fermenting that, man. Correct. That's why they go and they say it's like less than half a percent alcohol yeah. because, you know, it's not perfect. Right. Uh, but it's essentially dormant during mm -hmm. that time. So that's the way that they end up doing it is you just flirt with the idea of fermentation, right. essentially, and then do the whole process the way that you normally would. Number two, the one that I was saying, de-alcoholization. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's various methods for doing it, uh, but this was the way that most non-alcoholic beers used to be reduced in alcohol. And and most of the time, like to to be honest, it was like Anheuser Busch, all these folks, where it was a light beer already. Yeah. So by just like distilling off or like boiling off the alcohol, normally you would lose flavor with that. Like the other right. compounds, like your aromatics, and that would also boil off. That's why it's not great for like a craft beer to do it because you're like. There goes your flavor out, yeah, the, exactly. out with the alcohol. Uh, but, you know, if you had lighter beers, there's just not as much flavor. So, it right. doesn't do a whole, you know, a whole lot. So, you know, folks like Anheuser-Busch uh, used to do it that way. Some folks still do it, but they do more sophisticated methods. Mm -hmm. right? Like I said, they used to boil off the alcohol. Nowadays, I was reading that they do stuff like reverse osmosis where you get like a really special filter and you just huh. apply a ton of pressure and the alcohol yeah, it just pushes the alcohol out. Correct, and and that way you're able to keep a lot more of the like the right. compounds that contribute to the flavor yeah. of the beer and the smell. So yeah, that is kind of the state of that approach. And then the other two, the third one, not very common. Uh, it's kind of obvious, <laughs> like once you hear the name, which is dilution, which is mm -hmm. just add enough water that the alcohol percentage is low enough right obviously if you do that you dilute everything in the beer mm -hmm. including the flavor so right. that one's not you know sometimes i saw that you do that in combination like you would brew a low ab so you might do the controlled fermentation but take it a little bit further than other folks would and then dilute it right that way you might get some more of the flavor compounds mm -hmm. um and then dilute it uh, and then the last one, uh, which we do have at least one example of this, is simulated fermentation, uh, which I think is one of my favorite approaches for the actual product that ends up there. So, like, Hoppy Refresher is an example yeah. of that, where there is no brewing, but you mix all the ingredients together in water like you normally would. Right. And you end up with a beer-flavored – you end up with beer-flavored water. Literally. Yeah. That one, literally. This one's a lot darker color. This one is from BrewDog again. Yeah. Uh, Miles Payne, if you're listening, you should check this one out because it's a Lamb of God inspired beer. It's called Ghost Walker, has Lamb of God on it. And yeah, it's pretty metal. Uh, and it's low, low alcohol, mm -hmm. high on attitude. That's what it says. <laughs> uh, what do you think about this one? It still tastes like beer flavored water to me, but it has a little bit more flavor. This one is significantly better than the yeah. other one. Uh, these are both from BrewDog that we've done so far, but you're correct. It is beer flavored water. <laughs> The can is so cool. It is. Like I said, I think a lot of it, too, is branding. You right. definitely have to do that. So I guess the the next thing I want to talk about is if you look at it, the currently the non-alcoholic beer market is growing at about the same rate as the regular beer market. And I guess I'm curious what is really taking off. So when I was um, looking at it like historically, it looked like Heineken Zero was actually like the first right. non-alcoholic option that like really took off, which kind of makes sense because if you those are the if there's any non-alcoholic beer that comes to mind, it's actually that one for me because mm -hmm. of their marketing campaign. I think most people can remember the different commercials. Um, <laughs> like the the one that comes to mind for me is the person that's like 
drinking and driving and the cop comes up and then yeah. they just go and tap the, mm-hmm. the zero on there. So Heineken kicked it off. But my theory that really, I guess, explains the, the rise is when the craft brewers took over and yeah. said, we want to do, we want to go and make non-alcoholic beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just wild how much it has truly taken off. I mean, I've been working behind the bar for well over 10 years at this point and mm-hmm. I, non-alcoholic beer has not always been a thing, but mm-hmm. then you would see one or one available that would never sell, but now it's tough to keep in stock. Mm-hmm. Not just for January. I mean, like even through the fall, it was so difficult to even get the beer from distributors because it was selling out like crazy. Yeah, I actually remember uh, last time I did Dry January, the apothecary only had one option, mm-hmm. which was Hoppy Refresher. Right. I keep bringing it up because I really like it, <laughs> and we will be drinking it eventually. But and I hope that that's because you've never had that one. Right. Okay, I'm very excited for you to try that one because it might change your perspective mm-hmm. on this whole thing. The beer flavored yeah. water. Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm not priming you too much. Uh, but well, I remember. It's be like climbing. But it was literally at that time, Kroger didn't even have Hoppy Refresher. Mm-hmm. It was like the apothecary just clearly had an in with the, the distributor. And I actually asked Grace if she would go and just put in an order for an extra mm-hmm. um, an extra case of it. Right. Because my roommate and I were both doing Dry January and we love this stuff. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh my god, this is going to be so easy. Because a hoppy refresher is like zero alcohol, zero mm-hmm. calories, zero carbs. It's technically a hot water. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's you could just drink as many as you wanted, like no calories or anything like mm-hmm. that. And yeah, she was able to hook us up. But yeah, it, that was really like one of the only offerings that was good at the time. Right. Uh, it's funny, right? Because uh, from my perspective, you joke where it's like, oh, it's beer flavored water. And then from my perspective, I'm like, mm-hmm. thank God it's beer flavored because yeah. a lot of the options <laughs> haven't haven't really captured any type yeah. of beer flavor in it. So that is a good a good I guess change that has come about with it. There was another interesting perspective I saw about Dry January, though. So, obviously, like, we've talked a bit about, like, the pros and, like, it's growing and all of that. What was interesting was there was actually an article in the New York Times uh, this week talking about Dry January and the impact on small businesses. Yeah. So, it was actually that the number the number of bars, like, specifically they were looking at New York City because it's the New York Times, and the number of businesses that actually had to lay off some workers just because they weren't getting the same amount of volume. They, cause January, they already most apparently a lot of bars already don't get as much business, right? right? Cause you don't have your outdoor seating, yeah. all that. And folks doing dry January, right. uh, which I thought was interesting. I had never considered yeah. that of like, Oh, you know, mm-hmm. this is, this negatively impacts, you know, people in this industry. And it was funny uh, reading some quotes from the owners mm-hmm. cause they were like, we really love supporting our customers doing that because, like, yeah, it yeah. could be a really healthy, you know, thing for you to do to take a month <laughs> off from drinking. But at the same time, we have to pay our bills right. and all that. I think that's what's so great about a lot of these breweries mm-hmm. making really, like, better and better non-alcoholic options that hopefully some of these businesses can go sell them, you right. know, and you don't lose that business. People right. can still go and do those social social events and that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I was just talking about this the other day because, yes, it entirely affects the business. It affects the bartenders, all this stuff. But, I mean, like, think about it, like, on a Thursday night at the Apothecary. Brent goes in and orders his short story IPA, which is $7 a glass. Yeah. Where, I mean, if he were just doing dry January with no option of a non-alcoholic beer, what would he get, if anything? Maybe a soda? 
or something like that, if even, or just drink water. I actually have an answer for you. Huh. Uh, so what I used to do before hoppy refresher, right. so like at the dry Januarys before that was even an option, mm-hmm. um, the apothecary used to sell a uh, nitro cold brew coffee uh, that was on tap, which was like a little four-ounce pour. Like, it was right. not much. And I used to drink that because it would have a head on it. Yeah. It looked like a stout, you know. <laughs> and it was like – it was sort of a – Placebo tricky. kind of thing. Correct. It was a placebo. I would drink that, but because it was nitro cold brew, yeah. I could drink two max. You know, like you're not right. drinking lots of that. So my bill at the apothecary would be significantly reduced. Right. Whereas now, you know, uh, last Thursday I was at the apothecary. Mm-hmm. I had like five or so non-alcoholic beers. And my tab was about, it was less than it normally was, but it was like maybe 20% less. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those, it's clearly like it is a way that it, it's it, it really. the income. It's a growing market, but it really helps some of these businesses. It kind of fixes the problem that the New York Times was pointing out for some of these businesses. The funny thing is that there's also some businesses – I'm trying to remember the one that I was at recently. Oh, there was a place in Morgantown. It was uh, Primanti's. And they actually have signs like at their tables where it basically says like, no dry January here, you know, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And, you know, I thought it was funny because it's like – you're kind of actively working against your business where it's like it's actually in your best interest to sell some non-alcoholic options so people keep coming coming to your business. So, Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, like let's just say just for an example, let's say four beers that you would typically have, four times the seven, so 28 bucks in that, Mm -hmm. whereas then four times the $5 for the non-alcoholic, you're looking at 20. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's still the $8 difference, but that's still income. Which yeah, is it's great. more than zero dollars yes, of exactly. revenue. Yeah, or if you were sticking with a dollar soda, and right, I mean, you're not going to be drinking four of those, really. Right, right. Before we get to athletic brewing, mm-hmm. we are now. This is our first of the simulated. This is our one and only of our simulated fermentation right. options, which I personally think is the, from my experience of multiple non-alcoholic options, is the best way to do it, in my right. opinion. So. Let's take a taste. That's a lot better. Yeah. I I didn't want to, like, prime you too much, but this is the one that, like, last time I did Dry January, I just told myself this would be so easy to just give up beer for a month when you can drink these. Right. And there's no calories, no carbs, nothing like that. Like Yeah, so this is the Lagunitas Hoppy Refresher. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is it actually tastes different than the stuff I have in the can. So I wonder... I wonder if it's because it's in a bottle or also, like, I don't remember the last time I saw it in a bottle. Yeah, I mean, this Carmen had this and she put it in the fridge and told us to, mm-hmm. she's like, I put that for you guys to take for this. Well, it's perfect because, yeah, I picked up uh, picked up cans of it. Mm-hmm. And even even though they taste a little bit different, the, the canned one I still think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I've drank, I drank two or three before you came here. Well, yeah, this actually, I mean, this doesn't taste like water. No. But it also doesn't taste like beer. Right. Which is really cool because, I mean, you just taste the hops. Correct. And that's that's what I appreciate about it is that it's about, you know, there's there's hazy IPA, non-alcoholic beers, and a lot of them I don't think capture it. Right. Whereas this one, my main thing here, right, is there is never like a, a de-alcoholization mm-hmm. process. So you don't lose anything. Right, you you will keep all of the hop flavor right. that gets put into it. Well, what's interesting too is, I mean, you can't really think of it even as a beer. Right. So, I mean, it's not 
remotely the same process. Yes. Like the other ones are less than 0.5%. This right. actually is zero because right. there is no fermentation that takes place. Here's the funny thing is that I I got two uh, six packs of it. Yeah. You still have to show your ID. Really? Yeah. If you're at Kroger, you still, even though it is actually like a child could drink that. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just hot juice basically uh i wonder if it's because of like just their process because it comes through an alcohol distributor or something because i mean literally the government warning on this according to the surgeon general that this beverage is a-okay for operating light medium and heavy machinery uh good for pregos and completely safe for driving flying or teleportation it's pretty much good whenever wherever and maybe even on the moon is exactly what they put as their that's government am- that's amazing yeah, you still have to show your ID. My assumption is that... This is a joke, I guess, because it yeah. says government, like G-O-V-E-R-N-M-I-N-T, warming. Okay. That's hilarious. That, that's good. Well, I was sitting there, <laughs> I was actually wondering, like, the the, the legality. Yeah. Oh, that's, but the fact that they don't have to have a warning. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, like, my assumption is because... There's like a weird thing where, like you said, mm-hmm. it does still come from a distributor. Right. So I assume that there is some type of legal government reason that it ends up because of that, it it still has to be true. Right. It's still sold in the beer aisle right. at Kroger. It goes through all the same stuff. So yeah, I could I could see not that it actually bothers me. Right. It was just this week I was I was caught off guard when the little like oh yeah. like ID check required and mm-hmm. went. Really, like there's, there is no alcohol. It's not even point one percent or whatever. Right. So, uh, but this is my personal favorite option. Um, I mean, I could be happy drinking this. I can't quite say the same as the first two. Right. It's weird that we're on our third drink and completely sober right now during yes. this. Yep. Um, I'm actually breaking my sobriety in five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I will say that over the time that I haven't drank so far so that's 21 days right i've lost eight and a half pounds i i've sleep all the way through the night now Mm -hmm. and i just feel better so i mean it's that's to be expected alcohol is a poison uh, that we all like gladly drink Mm -hmm. constantly and i will go back to drinking it but (laughs) yeah it is nice you know for a time to uh just enjoy it for a bit not having it um Something that I thought was interesting about this one, too, is that Lagunitas, being a brewery, makes this, but then they make it spiked. So the fact that they're taking their non-alcoholic option when they traditionally make alcoholic options and then turning what they did alcoholic again, I yeah. thought it was just kind of fun. Well, and I actually, like, this would be a great... I'm sure that there are some drink ideas where, like, beer cocktails and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, where you could use this as as, like, just hop flavoring, right. you know, to mix well, in. I mean, imagine this in, like, a gin and tonic. We might be onto something. Yeah. That might actually be worth trying. I think it'd be good, but then you're taking your alcohol-free. And, mm-hmm. But I think the flavors would be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it does feel like non-alcoholic options are going to be around year-round, because that definitely wasn't true last mm-hmm. time I did this. Okay. So we've tried two brew dog options. Right. We thought they were all right. Yeah. However, I will say, to, in BrewDog's defense, the Hazy AF and the Punk AF, right. absolutely would recommend. I did yeah. see they have them at Kroger. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. So if you're in Morgantown and you want to go to the Kroger, they're actually not in the, the refrigerated beer aisle. That's where I made a mistake. I didn't realize it. 
If you go to on the side with all the wine, wine, yeah, that wall has all the non-alcoholic mm-hmm. beer options. It's fantastic. They actually that's where the Bourbon County is right now. Yeah. I didn't realize that they moved it over there, <laughs> and so. the prices keep going down on them. Yes, I didn't notice that, and I you better believe I'm going to wait for those to go as low as possible. Uh, <laughs> I think we're at the state minimum now. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's at twenty three dollars yeah, for the for the coffee. Right, it's been hanging out at that for a while. Okay, I might have to I might have to check that out. Uh, Anywho, back to non-alcoholic yes. beer. Uh, yeah, so we did the. I would recommend trying those two because they they actually were they were kind of if there was a beer flavored water version of the hoppy refresher, we tried the hoppy refresher was uh, my personal go to during dry January. Uh, and then lastly, we are now onto athletic brewing, which admittedly I had never heard of. So this is the first year that I had ever heard of athletic brewing. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd heard of them, but once again, I just non-alcoholic beer. I have no reason to yeah, seek and, it out. Am I correct that that's everything they make? Everything they yeah, make is it's non-alcoholic just all beer, non-alcoholic, which is amazing. You said they're from Connecticut, I think. I before. believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they started in 2017. I have a couple facts about Athletic Brewing, and I feel bad for not knowing them because I didn't realize their impact on the non-alcoholic industry. Right. Do you know, out of the whole craft non-alcoholic market, how much of it do they have for the market share? Like, what what percentage of the non-alcoholic craft beer market is Athletic Brewing? Well, I mean, it's probably a substantial percentage where they're probably the highest percentage of any brewery. That, that is true. Is it like a third? It's 55%. Oh, they are more than half of the non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. That's uh, insane. I agree. Uh, the other thing that's crazy is not only are they the majority when it comes to craft non-alcoholic or the the largest in the craft non-alcoholic market but for the year 2023 they are mm-hmm. currently on track to become the top overall in the entire beer market wow for non-alcoholic options which is right yeah that's... for for this being the first time i've ever heard of yeah. athletic that's insane yeah that's wild you're beating out anheuser-busch mm-hmm. um miller Coors, all those folks yeah. to have the most options and the other thing that's neat like if you look up these folks they're not just all the options we've had so far are like golden ale, mm-hmm. IPA. They're light beers. Athletic, as this is a golden ale still, but yes, <laughs> at, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Bad timing, and we are doing like a hazy IPA too. But looking online, they even make non-alcoholic stouts, mm-hmm. which I think is crazy. Um, I did see that Brewdog just released. I think they called it a dark beer. I don't think they're calling it a stout, but it's a non-alcoholic stout. I could see that. Uh, so we're drinking a golden ale right now. What do you think of it, and where do you rank it so far? Um, I mean, obviously this one we want to just compare to the Nanny State that we had from the BrewDog being a similar style. Yep. This has a lot more flavor. This actually tastes like a... Like, yes. it's it doesn't taste like beer-flavored water. It right. does taste it's, like a beer. Right, yes. Yeah. It tastes like a thin beer, but still a beer nonetheless. Yeah, I actually... The actual flavor for me is not just like Golden Ale. It's, it's actually like flirting with like a light Belgian... Like there's there's like a lot of complexity right, yeah. in the flavor profile for this. I mean, uh, it's I don't know if I would seek this out, but if I were drinking non-alcoholics, this would definitely be one I would. Yeah, it's for. A, it's at least something where like I don't normally drink gold nails anyways, right? So this is one where you could have, if you just handed it to me and told me to drink it, you could have tricked me into thinking it was an alcoholic, right? right? Like we said, it's not beer-flavored water. It does actually taste like beer. Right. This isn't a promo for no. them. I'm just stating my experience. <laughs> just us being honest. Yeah. Uh, 
But what it does do is make me actually interested in just we have the two options here, but mm-hmm. I, I'm I am interested in actually trying some of their other options and right. seeing like are there any that because if there's even one that I really like, mm-hmm. I mean that might be my go to for next year right. if I do dry January. A couple other facts about them: they are actually the fastest growing brewery in the world at the moment. I mean, that makes sense. Yep. I mean, just because, like, I mean, as I was saying, non-alcoholic beer is just ramping up in popularity. It's insane. I mean, if you think about it, right, we went and said that, yeah, my numbers from earlier, the non-alcoholic beer market is essentially sitting around $16.6 billion, mm-hmm. projected to be to $23 billion, and these guys are the largest chunk of that. Right. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So much so that they received a $55 million investment from Keurig Dr. Pepper. That's pretty cool. To, yeah. And they currently account for, or when they first started, they accounted for about 0.3%, or non-alcoholic beer accounted for 0.3% of the whole beer market. Yeah. And is now at 2%, largely because of their contribution, which I think... Which, I mean, for one brewery, just essentially adding stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much beer all over the entire world, and just that one brewery could have that much of an impact. Yeah. What I'm what I'm thinking about is, I think, an important – where, like, let's say earlier we said, you know, Heineken, their big contribution was just, mm-hmm. hey, we made a non-alcoholic beer and we're marketing it, like, as something you should drink. I think Athletic, what they did was they actually showed that – you can brew a non-alcoholic beer that tastes like a beer. Right. Actually tastes like a beer, not like I like 75% of yeah. a beer. And I think because of that, the expectations now for other breweries that want to get into this are much higher now. Right. And I'm very curious, you know, where it ends up going because of yeah. that. It's a, And if you really think about it, the actual potential size of the market is bigger than the actual beer market. Right, yeah. Hypothetically. Because you have folks like, for whatever reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's say pregnancies, or maybe, you know, folks mm-hmm. have like religious reasons why they don't drink alcohol. Right. Any number of, you know, people who want to be sober for a mm-hmm. month, designated drivers. Yeah. You know, I always, I remember when Hoppy Refresher came out. That was my thought of, you know, oh, I have no problem just volunteering to be a DD if that's available to me. Mm-hmm. And I can drink that and, you know, still socialize and, and all that. Another use case that I think is great is, you know, if the apothecary holds on to, let's say, non-alcoholic mm-hmm. options. You know, when you go and you've been drinking for the night and let's say you do feel buzzed towards yeah. the end, you can just go and switch over right. to a non-alcoholic beer and still... You know, enjoy the beer flavor and, and participate socially, all that. What's also kind of interesting is, uh, I don't know about Athletic, but BrewDog is now selling the non-alcoholic beer in kegs that really legitimately go on tap. And like we had discussed this at Apothecary, and we're like, oh, that's cool, but do we want to take up one of our lines in an alehouse kind of a thing with it when we are already offering it in cans? Obviously, our answer was no. Yeah. But it's just interesting that that could be a thing. So, I mean... In the case of BrewDog, say you go to the BrewDog Hotel in Columbus, I'm sure that you could get one of these, one or more of these non-alcoholic beers on tap. For sure. Which would be really interesting. Well, and I also think, like, this is, from my recollection, this is the most non-alcoholic options that the apothecary's ever offered. Yes. So, in my mind, yeah, you wouldn't go straight into, like, let's go and, like, take out a keg. It makes a lot of sense to go, here are our options, and you just, like, figure out, like, is there one that sells a lot? Right. And then maybe next year yeah, like, you might do it. Like provide something. that popularity keeps rising and it's right. worthwhile to do it in right. that manner. 
I think we'll crack open the last one. The Free Wave Hazy IPA from The Athletic. Now, I had this one the other night. It does smell... It smells great. Right. I will say. And then... And like the other stuff, I feel like it tastes like a thin IPA. The taste is way better than the other day. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Like, the other day... You know what? I think it might have had to do with the order that right. I might have drank. Because I had Hoppy Ref... No... Hop Splash. Yeah, the Sierra Nevada. That's right. So Sierra Nevada also offers something like Hoppy Refresher in that simulated fermentation. And it was it was good, but I think I think because that one was so citrusy and then you drink this one, right. this tasted bitter. Like yeah. it tastes when I drank this, it tasted like a West Coast IPA, mm-hmm. which is not what I wanted. Right. <laughs> like when it says hazy IPA, you right. know. This is really good. Something I was curious about, obviously, like you work at the Apothecary. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about the New York Times seeing like a dip in sales, have you personally noticed when it comes to like the crowd size or – because I would stereotype Morgantown as a town that's more likely to have folks that are going to go and do dry January. You know, I just – that's that's just like a hunch that I have, at least for some of the townies. Right. I mean, yes and no. Um, At least me at Apothecary, probably a little bit more so now. Because it's an alehouse. It's not just a normal bar or a restaurant. Like, I mean, people come there for the beer. So, the beer, I mean, a yeah. lot of the time, I mean, we have people like you and Sam who are doing dry January and making me have to stock these beers at uh-huh. these air quote beers every Friday morning. You folks, you folks did run out of hop splash, which, yeah. like, I remember joking after that that it's the closest I was going to get to kicking a keg during dry January. So I was like proud of myself that I got it to that point. Yeah, because usually, I mean, six cans upstairs because it doesn't normally sell that quick unless Brent is at apothecary. Then it'll go. <laughs> I mean, this just this is significantly better than the other day. This is so I don't know. Like, it, it, now do you like this more than the golden? Yeah, I do. Okay. Which is funny because the other day it was flipped. I like the Golden a lot. So maybe it does have to do with the order that I was drinking them. But once again, the thing that's awesome about this versus some of the other options is this is like full body. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything from like the the taste, the the mouthfeel, everything. Like, it feels like I'm drinking a beer. I would totally be tricked into thinking that this was actually beer. And obviously the listeners cannot see through the microphone, but it looks like a hazy IPA. It does. Yeah, there's like, you know, like the normal kind of hazy sediment and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, this is really good. I'm I'm impressed. I'm still like biased towards hop refresher or hoppy refresher, but... I think that's been my favorite out of all of these two. Yeah, it's very easy to drink and... But I just like the flavor. It, yeah, I'm, I'm curious like what... Let's look at what types of beers athletic... Like, I wonder if they have a actual like, tap room. You look that up... Doing some live research. <laughs> they sell an IPA, lager, IPA, porter, stout, lager, lager, a sour, down wonder, goza. Let's see what flavor. Coriander, lime leaf, crisp, tart finish. Interesting. Lots of IPAs, multiple stouts. Man, there's some like serious. I'm, now what I want to do is I'm going to sort. I'm, I'm curious the highest rated. What do you think? Athletic. Uh, Athletic Brewing's mm-hmm. highest rated beer, what do you think the rating would be? like? Because I, I, I'm convinced, right? Like These are your best non-alcoholic options, right. I think, yeah. if you want something that tastes like a beer. Right. So then the question is, what is the upper limit <laughs> to like a rating for a non-alcoholic beer? I feel bad saying this, but you're, I feel like You're the good. best guesser. Like There's a lot on the line. 
I feel like this has kind of logger syndrome, where a good logger is still going to have a poor rating, where I feel like the peak of this would be maybe a 3.6. I would, t- I, I'll give you a hint for, for like style and everything, yeah. is that John Club would hate this beer. I don't know what John Club hates because I see him drink everything. <laughs> so this is difficult. There, there is like canonically, there is one thing that John Club refuses to drink. What does John Club refuse to drink? John, what do you refuse to drink? <laughs> I don't know. This is a, yeah, this is a good fun fact. I don't know what he refuses to drink because I've seen him drink dark, like a lot of dark beers, IPAs. I've seen him drink a good amount of lagers, sours. It's 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 more specific than just the style. Okay. Yeah, like it'd be it'd be like a step under style in the okay. hierarchy. I don't know. I give up. What would yeah. You? So he he hates Sabro hops. Like cannot <laughs> cannot drink something that has Sabro hops in it. Athletics highest rated beer, which mind you it has twenty six ratings, is their single hop IPA with Sabro hops. Yeah, and it is a four point zero six. Four points. Yeah, wow. and actually, if I just read off the ratings of their top beers on Untapped. 3.9, they have a ton of options where people and these for some of those there's like hundreds of ratings so it's not like it's this you know super small yeah it's it's like a statistically significant sample size where they're getting like fours which to me blows my mind and i can only imagine what that would be like right and it's they said 0.3 percent alcohol that's insane i know we're gonna have to i mean i'm kind of hell-bent on exploring athletic a bit more (laughs) like to be honest because if they are actually getting like a 4.0 rating Mm -hmm. for non-alcoholic beers it'd be great to have that just available yeah for the reasons that we said you know like if it's the end of the night the apothecary it'd be great to just switch over to that Mm -hmm. you know that way the apothecary still makes money yeah i can like safely drive home you know (laughs) so so this is your first time drinking non-alcoholic beer so overall uh you tried (laughs) five options what is your compared to your expectation of non-alcoholic options were you pleasantly surprised were you disappointed so so the brew dogs were about what i expected all of non-alcoholic to taste like Uh i just couldn't imagine it being a particularly flavorful right. event. The athletic stuff was definitely solid. Still, I think I prefer a regular beer mm-hmm. than one of these non-alcoholics. But the hop water, the hoppy refresher was delicious. But, I mean, you go into it with the idea of it not necessarily being a beer. So, do you, oh, that's an interesting question. So, do you think... Yeah, do you think it's when something gets labeled as non-alcoholic beer... Right, it... It sets up something. Even, yeah, exactly. Like, it's priming you, Mm -hmm. and, like, you end up disappointed because it's not not that alcoholic beer. Yeah, to an extent. But Mm -hmm. also, I feel like it it tells you a lot about the process. And the process was designed originally for an alcoholic product. And when you cut it short of the process, you're not going to have as solid of a product. Put 80% in, get 80% out. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, for what it is, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if ever I hit a point in my life where I was drinking too much and I was like, no, I, I got to cut it out, got to cut alcohol out completely, I could be content drinking uh-huh. some of these athletic beers. Well, it's interesting then, right, because clearly, like, they started in 2017. Mm-hmm. They're, they've captured a huge amount of the market. They are brewing on alcoholic beer that actually, like, would trick me into thinking it was a, a craft beer. Right. 
I'm not giving like a four or five to it or something right. like that, but it's still significantly better than anything else I've seen in it. Yeah. And I'd be curious, you know, given another five, ten years, like, are they making, let's say, like a Bourbon County clone that has no no alcohol in it? Could you imagine how that would work? Like, I mean, just like taste wise. I'm sure like, there's that'd be so weird. I'm sure like you could do it. Like if you could get the if you could somehow, you know, I'll give you an example. Like yeah. I, I think about something like impossible meat and mm-hmm. that where right, it's it's vegetables, but they they kind of look more at, you know, what compounds lead to the smell of right. meat or the like the look of blood. And, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then they just produce that, mix that in. And then just create the illusion of that. I'd be curious if you could do that with, like, let's say the bourbon that's in there. Right. Where you just look at, like, what are the chemical compounds that get released from the wood and all that. Well, I mean, based on that avenue, too, I mean, there's non-alcoholic spirits. Mm -hmm. You could get non-alcoholic bourbon and things like that. So maybe kind of going through that process and almost just kind of combining that with a stout from the athletic. Yeah, because my thought is ethanol... Yeah. Like, the compound. Right. Uh, doesn't... It on its own does not have flavor. Right. So, if you if you were able to just extract just alcohol mm-hmm. and nothing else, it should just taste exactly like it used to. Right. And, you know, technically, if you just... If you remove that and then you added an equivalent volume of water... Yeah. ...approximately, just... Then everything would be at its normal concentration it was before... You should hypothetically be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's above my knowledge with all this stuff. Sure, but, but that's that's showing that you can, you can hypothetically should be able to produce right something that tastes just like any other beer yeah. with no alcohol in it. You know, obviously the process is much more complicated, and at this point, probably way too expensive. Right to try and pull it off. I'd be very curious, like a brewery like Athletic, mm-hmm. how close can they get? Or Here's another question is, so Athletic's done this. An, mm-hmm. Another industry that I think of, and I'd be curious what it does to Athletic, is like the electric car industry. Mm-hmm. So Athletic is like the Tesla mm-hmm. of this like now growing non-alcoholic market. Yeah. I'm very curious where, is there some point where they kind of showed everybody that this can be done? But does do other breweries end up hopping on and doing better than they do? I mean, like obviously this product is solid. But there's plenty of room to grow. Yeah. I feel like. Because, I mean, as you said with, like, the impossible meat, mm-hmm. like, it can have a feel of a burger. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like based on that general concept, we could also expect just a better beer yeah. to taste more like something that we're yeah. typically as a, as a general, like, rule of thumb, if there's, if there's a demand for it, then, you know... People will, like, rise to that and find ways. I mean, clearly, like, Dr. Pepper, Keurig Dr. Pepper yeah. thinks it's worth putting $50 million in. Yeah. It's safe. It's it's a really intelligent thing to produce. Yeah. Because, I mean, it gets people enjoying the product, but safely. Yeah. Because it's not going to inebriate you to a point of not being able to drive. It's not going to murder your liver. Like, all that stuff. <laughs> right. Like, that's true. Well, I think that's everything I got to say about non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. You got anything? This was all just an experience. It was. (laughs) This this ended up much more interesting than I would have never dreamed that we would have gotten this much out of the episode. But we're at 52 minutes now. Of recording. Of recording. (laughs) So, uh, it was really good. So I'm looking forward to getting back to normal beer for the next episode. Yeah. So, uh, I guess until next time, I'm Brent. And I'm Bill. And we'll see you at the bar if you make it. 